It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And welcome to Carcon Carne here from home. It is quarantine con carne through the rest of the year. Carcon Carne is sponsored by CH Financial Services, business owners. Uh, this is this is the time you need to help to find help to make your way through all this mess. CH Financial Services is here for you, offering a variety of products ranging from traditional merchant accounts to a zero cost payment processing solution, which eliminates the expense associated with accepting Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and American Express as a form of customer payment. So if you're an independent business, independent restaurant, CNH Financial Services ETAB solution is easy to set up for your business so you can do online ordering, curbside pickup. They also offer cost-effective commercial lending programs, which can help get your business the money it needs to make it through these unprecedented times. To learn more, contact CNH Financial Services at 855-600-2437 or go to chfs.us. My guests tonight, well, let's start with... I'm going to call this guest the focal point. Uh, he is Josh Caterer. Now, you, I, I wrote this I in the description. To be known as the nucleus. You are. You're the you're the buckle to this belt. <laughs> I mentioned this when I posted this on on Facebook just now. You hear his voice every night. He does the Carcon Carne podcast theme song. But you might also be interested to know that Josh Caterer also has a long and celebrated music career. It's true. He's in a band called what? Smoking Smoking Popes. <laughs> Can you imagine? Okay. Uh, but Smoking Popes look very different right now. What's what's going on? Who are, who are you with tonight here, Josh? Oh, Th- these are not Smoking Popes. These are not Smoking Popes. Um, these are other uh, musicians. There are <laughs> there are other perfectly valid musicians who aren't <laughs> in the Smoking Popes, uh, like these two uh, talented and handsome gentlemen. On the, on the podcast with us now. Uh, from my view, it, directly below me is John Perrin, drummer extraordinaire. Uh, you might know him from the band NRBQ, but uh, I first became acquainted with him uh, when his band The Love Shots played with the Popes some years ago and known each other ever since. And then over there, from where I'm sitting, He's over there. I don't know if they, the people are seeing it that way, but it's uh, John San Juan from the uh, le- the legendary Hush Drops. Legendary, but uh, also we are now. Yeah, many many other projects. Uh, Multi instrumentalist, brilliant songwriter. Both of these dudes who I uh, have admired for a long time and and wanted to play with, and it just seemed like. A COVID shutdown was the perfect opportunity to uh, to mix it up a little bit and call these guys up and see if they wanted to jam and try to make some music together. And uh, here we are. And I don't want to bury the lead here. Tomorrow night, we're recording this on Tuesday the 27th. Tomorrow night, you'll be at the hideout. Now, if this were a year ago, people would be saying, oh, cool, Josh is at the hideout. Can't wait to go. Different times, you'll be at the hideout, but no one will be able to be there inside with you in the band. Uh, So this is a live streaming event. You're recording a live album from the hideout tomorrow night. We are. Why why is that funny? Well, it's sort of like, it's sort of a crazy idea, I think. 
and we've we've talked about this at our rehearsals where like it's it's one it's one thing to uh it's one thing to do a virtual concert from the hideout it's another thing to to voluntarily take upon yourself the added pressure <laughs> of of recording an album entirely of of single takes of songs with a bunch of people watching without the benefit of being fueled by a cheering crowd. <laughs> you know, but isn't that, I think about like Joe Jackson in the 1980s. He did that. Uh, oh, yeah. It was a big world. He did big that world. where the audience had to be silent. Yeah. As he recorded that live album. That I, I thought of that uh, when we were, you know, getting the the idea for this show that we're doing. I thought of his big world record. It's a great record. And yes. it uh, sonically, it's kind of wonderful because they, they uh, you know, since there isn't a crowd in there, um, it, it's, it sort of sounds like a, like a studio album, but a, like a live in the studio album. It, it sort of has the best of both worlds where it's, it's very precise. And I, I think if I, I remember reading something about that album where they did multiple takes. So you're hearing a live complete take, but you know, the audience there had to sit through, you know, several takes of a song until they got one that was just right. We're not going to do that tomorrow night. We're just going <laughs> to play each song once. And if it's not a complete train wreck, uh, we'll just stick with it. I yeah. love it. I mean, I, I think I, I say this, I, it feels like every night at this point on this podcast, but the pandemic has forced creatives to find new ways to do old things. And I, I think stuff that is more immediate and raw and authentic is it's the norm. It's the, it's the new rule. So I think something like this makes absolute sense. Oh yeah. And to I do tomorrow. I, I saw, you know, over the summer pretty quickly into the, into the shutdown, I saw that the hideout uh, adapted to the situation and they, they kind of developed, um, a virtual presence through their website that was that was pretty strong pretty pretty quickly after the lockdown and started doing these uh, in-house shows and uh, different kinds of events that um, were pretty cool and uh, it seemed like I, you know I saw that happening I was like this is something that I I want to be part of this somehow and then that blended together with the idea that I wanted to play with these two guys and uh, you know, it's and then it, it blended together further with this third idea that that I also wanted to um, continue to explore the, the concept uh, that was the concept of a Smoking Pope's album years ago called The Party's Over, uh, which came out in like, I think, 99. But that was a kind of a concept album in that it was an album of covers, uh, all of which were from, well, well most of which, there was a Willie Nelson on, uh, song on there as well, but um, I think all the other songs on the album were written um, like in the 40s and 50s and 60s. So they were kind of from the um, golden age of, of uh, big band songwriting, and they were songs that had been made popular by like Frank Sinatra and Judy Garland and Nat King Cole and people like that. And we wanted to kind of take a bunch of those songs and, and do our own versions of them. And uh, 
we did that for one album and I've always had it kind of rolling around in my brain that I wanted to explore that more. And so that is also part of what we're doing. Like a lot of the songs that we're going to be doing tomorrow night are new interpretations of those, that era of songwriting. So you're going way back. These are standards and classics. Is it mostly yeah. covers tomorrow? Uh, it's, it's 60, 40, <laughs> 60 percent uh, covers 40 percent um, reinterpreted versions of Smoking Pope songs. Oh, that's cool. It's a value at any price and you can get <laughs> tickets to watch to watch at home. Something for, something for everyone. Like the little snippet of the song that we um, shared already on Facebook uh, last week, just to give people a taste of what we were doing was was um, our cover of the Tony Bennett classic rags to riches that's um, awesome so it's that sort of thing <laughs> it's what you're going to be getting a lot of tomorrow night and I we love it. Just, yeah, we've had so much fun working on this stuff like it's just been a blast and uh, i don't want to monopolize the conversation but i think i speak for all of us when i say like it's really been a joy developing this material and i i think that that exuberance is going to come across tomorrow night before we talk more about that, I do want to acknowledge at some point when this interview is over, I want to watch this on YouTube, rewatch it on Facebook, because John San Juan is trying to surreptitiously drink his beer. Like he has some <laughs> some kind of phobia about drinking it on camera. You see him kind of. Are we all on the screen, though? For the yes. Viewers? John San Juan drink beer. Oh, well, Jesus, I'll just. Uh... <laughs> I think it's adorable. Like, who are you fooling, bro? There we go. Um, I also didn't want to distract from what you and Josh were saying. I think more pertinently. I, I like to think of it as visual interest. He doesn't want to lose some of his Mennonite fans who might turn against him. Oh, those are big families. I mean, you lose one Mennonite family and you're... Yeah. That's it. You're toast. You're, you're done. You're playing to the bleachers. Yeah. 50 fan club members gone. Uh, yeah. Josh, you said something right before we talked about John's surreptitious beer drinking about how you're kind of fired up and you enjoy the kind of energy of, of playing with these guys, working with these guys. I think that's that's an important thing for anyone who writes, plays, does anything. Finding that that way to spark those feelings during this madness, during lockdown. I, I think it's important that you found it and you found this release a new direction and I, I would encourage anyone who's feeling pent up or just kind of miserable right now to find a way to scratch that creative itch i'm glad you're doing it and we actually benefit from it which is the great part the selfish part for me is we get to see you scratch that itch tomorrow night yes because it's funny scratching at the very beginning of this pandemic uh, it was that first weekend when we found out okay Everyone's going to be working from home. Everything's kind of upside down. This is before uh, Restaurant Closures version one. I, I had you on along with Dr. Daryl Wilson and Dr. Dennis Buckley uh, talking about, oh, this is weird, isn't it? And hey, Dr. Daryl, how bad is this? And we kind of didn't know the extent of things and where we'd be six, seven months from then. And yeah. it, it's almost quaint to look back on that, knowing what we Dear. know now. And here we are seven months later, you're all you know, touring and recording musicians and we're still on Zoom, which is tough. Are, are, is everybody holding up okay? Above and beyond playing tomorrow? I think you have to, right? 
you know, um, apart from all of the very real sacrifices, um, I think, I mean, for one thing, being resourceful and doing the types of things that we're doing both right in this moment and what we're doing tomorrow and even in the preparation where, okay, well, we've only got one person on mic, so this is feasible at, you know, a proper social distance that, you know, you don't have seven people belting it out in each other's faces um, right, and so on. Um, so what, you know, amidst all the sacrifices, I guess people are finding ways to, you know, keep their, uh, keep their spirits going, you know? So how have you been able to practice and how much have you practiced leading up to tomorrow? <laughs> well, Mr. Perrin actually figured this one out that as of tomorrow, day of the show, from the first practice that we had till tomorrow, the day of the show, it's been 31 days. How many and days? I think 41. 40. Okay. It's 40 days today. It'll be 41 days tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. September 17th, Hank Williams' birthday was perfect right and we wrapped it all up yesterday or the other day on picasso's birthday i think yeah yeah kind of our thing we only practice on good birthdays we might have done one on a bad birthday when we show up for practice he always has that information on hand which uh which celebrity birthday we are uh practicing on second practice was johnny ramones i think Second or third, but. And it does bring a different kind of feel to the practice when you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I <laughs> like how many, do you, do you remember, like how many practices have we had? Not a ton, I mean, maybe seven or eight total. I was, I was thinking of it um, in regards to once we had all the arrangement down, yeah. like when we started practicing as a set, I think we've only done four or five of those oh right right yeah the preliminary ones were you know let's try these four today yeah we spent the first at least two practices just like hashing through like what songs do we want to play like here's here's some songs we could try and uh you know not all of them made the cut but once we landed on the the 10 songs that we wanted to go with then we put those into a sequence and got together for maybe five practices where we just ran through them top to bottom. I love so, not knowing what these songs are. Like I kind of know what a smoking Pope set will be. I don't know what tomorrow will be. And that's, that's what makes this really cool. <laughs> so James, you've got, I mean, I know, I know you're a father um, and I, Josh and I had spoken about this pretty early in the game about how often, like whether it's with Christmas gifts or different events where you're constantly staging these surprises for your children. Um, and part of the big thrill of doing this is that it has a lot of that like Santa Claus quality, like wrapping up the uh, Nintendo Switch or whatever. Um, and again, a sort of another unexpected, you know, the benefits of coronavirus, uh, you know, yeah, so, I wasn't sure if we, we should even, I mean, we did, end up, we did end up releasing a couple of snippets of 
songs via social media, but um, I'll forget. There was some, there was some debate as to whether we should even do that or just keep the thing completely shrouded in mystery, so the people had no idea what they were getting. No, but, I think a tease that this isn't what you'll expect, and it's going to be something cool and in- interesting that you haven't seen before. I think giving people enough of a hint of that is a good thing. Yeah. So this is happening tomorrow night at eight o'clock live from the hideout. Not only is it a live stream event, it is something that will be committed forever to recorded media. So what's the goal? Is the goal just putting it out on Bandcamp? Is the goal pressing vinyl? Is the goal putting it on uh, fabulous compact disc? How, how, what you, what's the plan? Just only cassette. Just the cassette release. <laughs> Can I tell you? Okay. I, I had the band Diagonal on Carcon Carney a couple weeks ago. And they were talking about how they did their first gig in Chicago. I forgot where it was. Maybe it was like Bottom Lounge or something. And they talked about how for the first gig, they made sure they had cassettes pressed up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cassettes? I can't believe. Who are those people who still stand by cassettes? You know, it's such a clearly inferior method to, to share music. Not <laughs> knowing with at James. The, not <laughs> knowing at the time, Dan from the band Diagonal has his own cassette-only record company that 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 was one of my most awkward moments of Carcoon Carney this year was mocking the venerable cassette in front of someone who made cassettes. So I'm having him back on uh, next week along with Andy. Oh, oh, I mean, he may be on there for the rest of his life, given the way you set this all up. Well, no, no, I have him on uh, Sunday night with uh, Andy from Smash Plastic. They're going to have a cassette versus vinyl discussion. Wow. I will say to the testament of cassettes too, um, especially when I first moved to Chicago, I mean, I've, I've been collecting records and music ever since I was really young. And I had this theory about cassettes where I liked it because it was a little more of like a, something than a CD booklet, you know, like I, I, there was still some art involved and whatnot. And it definitely, there's different mastering in there, but I had this theory that it was a deterrent um, from having your car broken into <laughs> like especially around Chicago, because if somebody goes and peers in your car, it's like, oh man, he still listens to cassettes. This guy has nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, but we'll I stuck to him for a little while then. <laughs> that's hard. Right, to, I, that's hard to debate. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I totally went on a tangent there. What What is the plan, Josh? Oh, <laughs> um, the plan is eventually vinyl. I definitely want to get there. We have not yet worked out the details of. Um, of you know who, who would put that out if, if we're going to do vinyl i would want to be partnering with a, a label uh that'll have some distribution and and that sort of thing but um but definitely i think in the more immediate this is something that we could put up on on uh various streaming outlets your, your spotify's your sure. apple music um so that people can just listen to it on their phones i love it like you do you know so the the obvious question i probably should have asked this earlier does this mean bad things for smoking popes or is this just you scratching your itch oh no it doesn't the, the smoking popes are fine it just seemed like uh there was uh a kind of a forced uh break a forced time out for the for the popes um it's a little more difficult uh to get things together with the popes uh you know mike uh moved to milwaukee and uh you know we we just we don't all live that 
close to each other anymore. So if we're going to do something, there's a little bit of logistic difficulty involved in getting everybody together, which um, doesn't mean that, you know, we shouldn't do anything, but it, it just, it, it just seemed like, okay, well, you know, the stuff that we had on the agenda, we had some shows booked at the beginning of the year. And those of course all got canceled as everybody's gigs got canceled, except apparently for Smash Mouth. <laughs> but everybody else's gigs. Uh, Smash everybody, Mouth endures. Smash everybody mouth endures. else realized that they couldn't play shows anymore. And so um, it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, when what you're doing kind of is, is forced to, to stop, you, you sort of, um, you know, like you were saying, like maybe this would be a time for me to rewatch uh, some movies that I haven't seen in 20 years. Um, it's sort of like, you know, if you get, if you get sick and you have to stay on the couch for a couple of days, it's like, well, you know, I've been meaning to make it all the way through the Irishman. Maybe this would be a good opportunity to do that. And it's sort of like, okay, the, the popes have been forced to like take a break. And it's, it's like, you know, I've always kind of thought it would be awesome to play with John Perrin and John San Juan and just see see what happens. So, like, I'll take I'll take the opportunity to call them up and see if they want it. You know, just for the the fun of it, and just sort of see what happens. And they they were I called them up and they were game. They were like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. We, we both I, got I, we've got <laughs> practice spaces that aren't being used that much these days. So, yeah. so I, I've been waiting for that phone call for. A while. <laughs> so thanks. Yeah. Just been drinking beer in his kid's room, sitting in front of the laptop. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's not Josh. Looking at the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Why won't he call? All right. So uh, if, if you don't mind me directing the interview here, James, but uh, I think out of the, the three of us in this little band, the person who, um, actively tours the most is probably uh john perrin right yeah yeah i would i would probably say so and so not anymore, um, <laughs> not anymore. yeah that was going to be my question like um how do you uh how has your covid experience been and uh I don't know. yeah it is pretty strange i mean even you know it it was just kind of a whirlwind situation because for the two weeks up until the shutdown, I was actually in Ukraine um, doing a bunch of shows. And so I left and was in Ukraine for two weeks, which is this crazy juxtaposition of being in the United States and then came back and like nothing was ever the same, which was pretty weird. And I remember it was like within that week, I had a friend that knew somebody from like WGN. So this guy, came to our apartment and like interviewed me sitting pretty much right where I am now. In fact, I, I was probably wearing even like the same shirt, just kind of <laughs> a brown shirt. And I remember him asking me like, you know, what does this mean for you? And, and how long do you think this is going to last? And immediately I knew it would be until, you know, August at least. And everybody I knew kind of had these different beliefs of like things will settle down in two months or so. But I kind of prepared myself to be in this for the long haul and realized, I mean, all my income is from touring and uh, I kind of realized that I had to make new plans. 
And in, in some ways, I mean, there were a lot of unfortunate things that have happened this time. Like I've lost a bunch of friends and my income is you know, pretty much decimated because of this. But uh, it was great because it gave me the opportunity to dive into things I normally wouldn't. Like one of the things is recording and recording engineering, um, which I've spent a lot of time doing uh, since the shutdown and getting to hang out with my family. I mean, that's, that's kind of like John said, you know, COVID positivity, um, that definitely rings true for me, I think, because I hadn't, I think every year for the past six years, I've been gone at least 200 days out of the year. And I missed every holiday except yeah. Christmas. I would fly home for like to be home with my family for 12 hours on Christmas. I know you're, I you're one true. of the most actively traveling musicians that I know <laughs> <laughs> out of all the bands I know that even two are full time, you're like right up there in the one style yeah. of travelers. Yeah. And, and honestly, like even relating directly to this project, had this not been happening and Josh kind of gotten the wild hair to say like, Oh, let's see if we can do something or play together. If COVID hadn't shut everything down, I probably wouldn't have been around to do it. Right. I mean, I was walking, you know, I was just taking walks around my neighborhood in Chicago just to get out. And Josh called me when I was on walk asking if I'd be interested in this. And I was like, well, I have nothing to do for about six months. So let's go. I think you should do a tour t-shirt and just have the hideout. Date <laughs> on the back. World tour. Yeah. <laughs> 20, just, just in maybe in large font or just have the, the small font yeah. hideout. <laughs> 10, 20, I'll, 20. I'll set up a merch table out on the sidewalk in front of my house. Yes. <laughs> and like, I'll just sit there with a the mask on. And if anybody drives by and they want a t-shirt, I'll sell it. Like, like a lemonade stand. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I've observed in this, um, if I guess in the run up to this event tomorrow is that, you know, we've, our routine has been to see each other once a week and uh, rehearse and John's been recording it to sort of monitor how awesome it sounds basically. <laughs> um, but I've noticed that like, this is, and this is the, certainly the extent of my social life. <laughs> um, I can't speak for the two of them, um, but uh, the, our congregation has a certain ambience to it where like, you've literally been let out of the dungeon for a couple hours a week. And the amount of hanging that we do in this sort of situation where we're really meant to be getting down to business is abundant. I think it's greater than it is in non pandemic times. Uh, and possibly because it's the scarcity is so palpable. Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain so, uh, there's a certain social uh, desperateness <laughs> that we all bring <laughs> that we all bring to our practices. So the show is tomorrow night. You're performing. It's a live streamed event again. Recording an album live from the Hideout. Tickets are available through the Hideout's website, hideoutchicago.com. Um, there is no venue capacity. People can just fill up. Tell your friends in Belize, in Australia. In Iceland, they can all come to this show tomorrow virtually. Yeah, that's the great thing is usually uh, if we were playing at the hideout, the cap would be, what is that room? It's not that big of a room, 150? No. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. But here we could have 
You could have 10,000 people at a hideout show. That's, it's time. that's exactly right. Uh, this is an important thing to point out. As We're 10,000 people at the show. The show was awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it's important to point out, as of tonight, Josh Caterer tied for first place. Uh, most guest appearances on Carcon Carne. Tied with uh, the previously mentioned Dennis Buckley of 88 Fingers Louie and Tyler Wildey, proprietor of Epic Deli. Three-way tie right there. Uh, uh, tied for second are Dr. Daryl Wilson, Scott Lucas of Local H. And Scott Lucas of Local H. So, fine repeat guests. Yeah, it's good company to be in. But I'm hey. glad to have be beating them all soundly. Uh, Buckley has a thing about it. Like he's fiercely competitive with you, Josh. He's he doesn't want you to win. He wants to keep you down. He's texting me right now saying you're going down, Caterer. Right. It, it, it's become a, a clear thing. Uh, and I mentioned Scott Lucas. I, he's one of those guys. I, I've been I've loved watching him, too, during this this whole period. Just another guy for, I think, other musicians to to check out, see how he's found a way to work his way through all this madness. He's done some pretty cool stuff too. Uh, they did a drive-in show, right? They did a couple. They they're they're now veterans of the drive-in scene. Okay, but yeah, it, he's done some cool stuff. I just I love to. See, it sucks that we can't see you in person at the hideout. It sucks that we can't go to live shows. It sucks that you can't play live shows in front of a crowd. But I love the fact that musicians are finding ways to exist and and share and perform and and do the things they do and we're able to enjoy them yeah even if it's through no. a computer we're able to participate in some way that's the thing about being a musician being an artist is that you uh you do it sort of because you have to uh you know to to, to quote uh to quote john lee hooker uh it's in him and it's got to oh you know, so if if whatever uh, if whatever format or situation previously existed for you to do your art, if that stops or morphs into something else, you have to morph with it. And I think musicians have already proven that they're willing to do that um, in the face of the fact that uh, you there came a point where you could no longer actually make money selling your music. <laughs> you know, I mean, like there was an there was a day when you could you, artists could live off of record sales or CD sales, and then things changed, and you just couldn't do that anymore. Um, and musicians didn't stop making albums because of that. It was it turned out that they were willing to do it even if they weren't going to make money off of it. They just had to, you know, shift it to try <laughs> to earn money in a different way. And then all the shows dry up and musicians are like, yeah, I'm still not going to quit doing this. You know, <laughs> I'm just going to do, I'll do it on Facebook if I have to. That's right. Do it over zoom. Uh, on the Facebook speaking, of which uh, Mike just checked in and said, hi, Johnny, this could go one of two ways. <laughs> so for either. I'm going to say Perrin. Yeah, I think it's Perrin. I, I do like, I, I've brought this up before, but I do like that this band could feasibly be titled uh, Josh, John, and Juan. Josh, John, and Juan. Yeah. And there's a beard requirement. I'm suggesting, but yeah. There's a beard which, requirement. Which, which you have met. Yeah. I could oh, be in the band. 
Your and my glasses. name starts. Yeah, we, yeah. We're, you're, you're wearing the uniform. <laughs> yeah, and Names. my name starts with J. Yeah, yeah. and you're Welcome wearing aboard. a long sleeve collared garment, so you're in. Okay, <laughs> yeah. we should explain that. So, before John Perrin jumped on the call, Josh and I are sitting here in t-shirts and wearing my handsome new bull weevil shirt acquired at a drive-in concert. Um, John San Juan, I, I noticed, is wearing a blazer, and Josh and I are just wearing like rock and roll tees. And then Josh, I think, got a little self-conscious, so he threw on something with sleeves. Then I was the only guy wearing a short sleeve T-shirt, so I had to go to my closet and find something denim, uh, and here we are. But it yeah. started out a lot more casually, but because of John San Juan and his his commitment <laughs> to formality. Um, yeah. As you've seen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was wearing, and I, I kind of, now that you mention it, I want to show it to you. It's this T-shirt that my friend, my good friend Brad Anderson, uh, sent to me that has on it, if you can see this. All the venues, right? All the venues in Chicago. And it's it's sort of in the shape of the city, I think. Yeah. Oh, I you love it. See, you know, there's the hideout somewhere. Where's the hideout? I can't quit. It's on. Oh, it's it's a big it's one. It's under the Park West, apparently. Yeah. yeah. But. Um, Super cool. Yeah. I wear this around just to sort of remind myself. uh of the treasure that these venues are and how much I love them and miss them and wish the best for all of them. And uh, I know that some, some of them are not going to survive the shutdown. Um, but I hope that most of them do. Um, and so I'll take this opportunity to encourage the, uh, the listeners and viewers uh, to support the Chicago Independent Venue League, uh, CIVL, I think it's... Civil. Civil, CIVL. yeah. It's is that, of, their website is CIVL.org, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. .org. Whatever it is, look up the Chicago Independent Venue League. And it's uh, it's a totally grassroots thing where the the proprietors of these independent Wait, hang on. sorry civilchicago.com c-i-v-l chicago.com there it is okay. civilchicago.com uh the proprietors of these venues came together and, and formed a, a coalition um to to support each other and to um try to uh you know get get support necessary support coming from the, the government and to raise funds um just to just to sort of disperse among the venues to to keep them afloat and it is a it's a wonderful uh organization that is worthy of our of our support so check it out and you guys have been in and out of every chicago venue collectively i don't think there's one you guys have been in. yeah exactly because when did hush drop start i mean hush drops were early 90s when you started weren't uh, that's accurate yeah i mean it is it's like talking about old money or something um you know um I remember the jug of milk I bought the day of the first hush frost practice and my kids would never, they wouldn't believe me, you know? And NRBQ has been around since I think before I was born. Uh, but John, you've, you've been in NRBQ for five or six years. Yeah. Uh, just over five. If I remember correct. So that's kind of a, a big train to jump on. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I was, 23 when i joined i think um 
yeah and yeah i was born around the halfway mark of the band existing at this time (laughs) (laughs) i was born in 92 so yeah that was pretty that was pretty insane That's super cool. Super cool. Yeah. And yeah, you, you, like Josh said, you've, you've been around, you've played all over the world and you're the most well-traveled <laughs> of everyone on this call. I'm, I'm the most well-traveled John Perrin there's ever been. Indeed. <laughs> all right. So again, tomorrow, eight o'clock, we can't see you in 3d, but we can sure see you play live tomorrow. It's a set that we are, we can't possibly anticipate. It's going to be, like you said, 60%. 60 covers, 40% not covers? Uh, correct. That's awesome. Oh, they're all covers for me, James. <laughs> yeah, unless you made the argument that we are covering some Smoking Pope songs. In which case, it's a set of all covers. <laughs> I guess that's fair. I, if, I, if I think about setlist.fm, when someone plays his or her music from that band, it's listed as a cover. So tomorrow, if you play... Let's say Megan. It'll be listed as Smoking Pope's cover on setlist.fm. Just thinking ahead. Yeah. It'll you should be, play Megan. It's it's six six songs that I didn't write and four songs that I did. But um I wants to hear Megan. No, well, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you uh we can talk about this after James gets off the call. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, that that is actually something that I've I've loved about this project as well um is taking a sort of a a new (laughs) taking a new look at at uh, at some old friends uh (laughs) songs that um i mean i i i love i love playing in the smoking popes and i i look forward to um playing popes versions of those songs again um but it has been sort of uh exhilarating to um to approach those songs in a different way with, with a couple of different guys who bring something else to, to the table. And it's sort I, I felt like to do that with some smoking Pope songs would be in keeping with the spirit of the project, because a lot of those old cover songs that we're doing are songs that have been subject to interpretation. Um, by by these by these singers who really are this you know interpreters of songs is what they are like you if you hear a version of 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 a song that's recorded by Sinatra and another one that's recorded by the same song recorded by uh Sammy Davis Jr or Tony Bennett or Ella Fitzgerald or anybody Barbie like that they, they they they've it's the same song, but they all bring out like a different, um, some a different emotional quality of the song. And it, I think that just speaks to um, the, you know, something about the songwriting, like a, a song, um, a song isn't necessarily a particular arrangement of the song. Like, you know, going back to, you know, when Beethoven was, writing a song like the song is not any particular version of it it's like this information that was captured like on on paper like that's what he wrote you know and there's however however many different symphonies the symphony orchestras there are 
that's how many different versions, valid versions of the songs you can get. And I, I don't know, I kind of wanted to extract some of that out of um, a few of these Smoking Pope songs, if I could. I think that's a, that's a really interesting thing too, because, you know, growing up, I was a really big Smoking Popes fan. And of course, I'm still a big Smoking Popes fan. So I remember that being in the same conversation, or the, you know, the first conversation that Josh and I had was the idea, like one of my favorite records of all time is a record called The Stardust Road by a guy named Hoagy Carmichael. And so Hoagy Carmichael wrote Stardust, which is like one of the, you know, the uh, cornerstones of, you know, American songwriting and how many different people, like you were saying, had completely valid versions of that. And I would like to pose this question. I'm not going to reveal the song, but I'm asking Josh and John, who is the person you most associate with the first song we're playing tomorrow night? Because that's kind of an interesting thing. Like, I'd be willing to bet all three of us are going to have different answers. And I will give my answer after you guys give yours. Like, who would you associate? Okay, so we're not going to say the name of the song, yeah. but we're going to say... They can tune in tomorrow and see who's who we associate the song with. Yeah. I, the, I associate it with Elvis Costello. Okay. I associate it with Josh Caterer and friends. <laughs> that's a very Moira Rose answer, but... I'm nothing if not transparent. Yeah, and, and mine is Chet Baker. So it's it's just that. I mean, that's and that's even going to bring in interesting qualities. Like, even if we were all trying to, say, mimic what we know as that song, it would still come out as completely different. I feel like saying the word cover gets kind of like a really negative connotation sometimes. Um, yeah, but that's interesting because, like, if with a song like, say, and we're not doing the song tomorrow tomorrow night, but like, uh, uh, you know, you make me feel so young, right? Like that is, it, I, I, people associate it with, uh, with Frank Sinatra, but you know, if, uh, if some other crooner does it, you know, if you're listening to the, uh, the Andy Williams version of You Make Me Feel So Young, um, is that a cover? Is he covering Frank Sinatra? No, he's just doing a version of that song. Yeah. Frank Sinatra didn't write that song. Um, and I don't know if he was the first person ever to record it. He may not have been. Um, so a, a, a song is, is just its own entity. And then interpreters of songs come in and, and try to try to attack it from their own angle. Well, Josh, I, I think the first version was uh, done by Martha Tilton with Paul Weston and his orchestra. Does that sound right? My memory, my oh, memory fades. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come to think of it, I think you're right. Or was it Michael Bublé? I, I lose track. Yeah. His version, right. I'm a huge Michael Bublé fan, by the way. He's a mega talent. Not my thing, but I appreciate he's, it, the fact that he's got talent for days. Very, very talented. All right. That all said, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Live from the hideout, get your tickets on hideoutchicago.com. Kick back, have a have a cold San Juan type beverage as you enjoy the live stream as on a, name brand. <laughs> as a live album is recorded. Uh, I think this is gonna be great. And actually, this is perfect because tomorrow night I scheduled Carcon Carne for nine o'clock. So if you're only doing 10 songs, I mean I I'll be free by like 820. <laughs> Right. Oh, you've got Buckley on again? That sounds like a really <laughs> short show. 
Uh, it should be good. I'm, I'm really excited about this. I, I love the the just the surprise nature of this. The, the, the set list is this new combo we haven't seen performed before together, doing songs we haven't seen performed necessarily by Josh before. Uh, new takes on Smoking Pope's songs. I, this is going to be awesome. I, I'm, and it'll be committed to vinyl at some point, too. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it's been surprising to me as well as we've worked on the material. I came into these practices with like a, a handful of songs that I uh, wanted to try, but I came in with sort of a preconceived notion about what those arrangements might sound like and what the vibe of the project might be. Uh, but once we started actually playing together and these guys brought their own magic uh, to the to the rhythm section, uh, the, the thing sort of took off in a different direction than I expected, uh, which is why a couple of the songs that I had in mind didn't make the cut because it was just like, okay, this is this band isn't what I imagined it would be. It's it's. Uh, it's exceeding my expectations, even though I knew these guys were both fabulous uh, musicians. But the the three of us playing together, I think, quickly became this this entity with its own voice that uh, has an energy and a, and a kind of a I don't know. There's a certain controlled, reckless abandon to it <laughs> that I that I really like a lot. So. Now, which, which Smash Mouth song are you covering tomorrow? <laughs> you make me feel so young. Yeah. <laughs> I assume they've done a version of that at some point. Yeah, no, that was on Astro Lounge. That was a good they one. They do a lot of covers, yeah. yeah I thought it was on Fushi Mae, but I could be wrong, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> it's a song about an ogre. I, yeah. <laughs> now, credit to both me and John Perrin. We, we named their first two albums. Honestly, like, okay, so that's, that's a big deal to me. Playing with these guys, too, is is Josh mentioned like, or, you know, Josh and John mentioned getting together and talking about music, but these are like two of the only other guys I know that within, you know, one sentence I could mention Blossom Deary, Kiss and, and Roger Miller. And everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, I can, I feel confident professing my love for hearing Chuck Mangione on the radio through a text thread with them or so. I just, it's funny you should mention that I went to a, uh, an antique store in my neighborhood and they had their vinyl sale and I, w- I went through the, the seven inches and I got feel so good on seven inch, never had it. I put it on and I'm it good is- for the, I'm good for the next 10 years or so, but first time I'd heard it since like childhood and I got yeah. it for a buck. I mean, did it in fact feel so good though? It felt so 70s is what it felt He's like. He's hugging his flugelhorn, you know? That is clearly um, affirmative, you know, affirming music. Yeah. It, my, I realize my story didn't go anywhere, but it's the only Chuck Mangione story I have in my head, so I thought I'd share that. That's, that's all I got. That's hey, it. John, I'm surprised that you brought up Chuck Mangione rather than Dave Brubeck. I thought you would take it more in a <laughs> direction. Is that or Herb Alpert? <laughs> yeah. All right, this is this is where I, I pull the uh, metaphorical train into the station. <laughs> Tomorrow night at the hideout, it is Josh Caterer, it is John San Juan, it is John Perrin. Do you guys have a name? Is it just the Josh Caterer band? What, what is this? Oh, we, we haven't discussed that. I mean, uh, it's it's a uh, you're it's, recording an album tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
you know, you don't, if you're going to create a piece of art, you don't start with a, with a title. You make it and then the title follows. So I don't know. It reveals itself organically. That's right. All right, tomorrow night, hideoutchicago.com. Get your tickets. Go watch these guys perform. Uh, We're all starved for live music. Furthermore, we're starved for good live music. This is going to be awesome. Thank you guys for doing this. Good to see you, James. Break a leg.